everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. My guess is when it comes to reading the book of Daniel, you're pretty familiar with chapters 1 to 6, and then probably you're less familiar with 7 to 12. The reason being that 7 to 12 is full of a bunch of confusing visions and things that seem like they're very crazy. So Daniel is having these weird visions, and they're definitely odd, and they're hard to keep up with because there's so many strange and odd things going on. Uh, It's very trippy in many different ways. And when I was reading over my chapter for today's reading, uh, chapter 8, there's like goats and rams fighting each other in the water. And then actually Gabriel, an angel, is called out by name that comes to say, hey, like you actually, there is meaning to this. Um, Daniel falls to his face in the dirt and falls asleep for a while. Gabriel snaps him back to reality and says, hey, listen, like things are going to happen. Things are going to come. This is like a hard thing to wrap your head around, but like, remember this and it will have meaning in the future. There, there is a lot of things that, I mean, the, the visions are definitely bizarre. Um, there is these four beasts that's in Daniel seven. There are these fighting goats and rams that's in Daniel eight. Uh, there are these like, um, spans of weeks that's in Daniel nine. There's just like a ton of symbolic, kind of stuff. And there is literally hundreds, if not thousands of years of study done on these trying to figure out what they mean. Uh, This is a a good place for me to plug that we need to understand scripture in the context of scripture. And so you can't really dive deep into Daniel seven to nine, I don't think, without keeping in mind the context of the early stories in Daniel. Uh, If you remember Nebuchadnezzar initially, like we're kind of introduced to Daniel as an interpreter of dreams because Nebuchadnezzar has this crazy dream about this like giant giant that's made of different kinds of materials and then a stone that wrecks those materials. And it seems like kind of a thread throughout Daniel is the rise and fall of nations. And so there are, I want to be clear, there's a lot of different interpretations. There's a lot of people that have a lot of different opinions. If you want to do a deep dive into those things, uh, you can look that up. I'm sure you can Google that. You can search it on Logos. Um, There's a lot of material out there. But it seems like the four beasts in Daniel 7 are actually four empires. And we've gone over these empires before. Babylon is going to be destroyed by the Medes and Persians. That's already kind of happened. The Medes and Persians are going to be destroyed by the Greeks. Uh, What's interesting about the Greeks is that the Greek Empire was kind of split up amongst four rulers, and there was one ruler among those four rulers that was much more powerful than the other three. And then Rome ends up upsetting all of that and destroying all of that. And that seems to be what's going on in Daniel 7. What's really interesting is in Daniel 7, verse 13, uh, I saw in the night visions, and behold, there was clouds of heaven, and there came one like a son of man. So this is somebody coming from heaven that appears to be also a man. 
And he came to the Ancient of Days, that is God, and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. So if you follow like this trend of nations, the the thing that upsets the Roman Empire is actually this son of man that is the king of kings and lord of lords, and all nations are submitting to him. It's got to be Jesus. It's got to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus, actually, one of his favorite monikers for himself is the son of man. And so it's, I think, very interesting in these visions that it's during, maybe, I think, yes, during the Roman Empire that the King of Kings and Lord of Lords shows up and causes all nations to submit to himself. So that is Daniel 7. Um, That is interpreted for him in Daniel 7. Daniel 8 uh, talks about these rams and goats. That's what I was talking about earlier. Something that I was actually kind of curious about while you were talking about the Son of Man is that you said that eventually um, that that kind of was like worrisome to people, right? Like the, the idea of Son of Man coming. To like oh, rule over. Yeah, probably. So is that like kind of like a lead in for Herod? No, I think the son of man is Jesus. Obviously. But I'm saying like, is the fear of that same son of man, like you were talking about, like Herod is like fearful oh. of this coming. Yeah, maybe. With, maybe he's uh, aware of that. Maybe he's, um, I mean, certainly Herod is afraid of a coming ruler that will be more powerful than himself. Right. That's why he kills off all the babies. Right, that and that's like why I'm wondering, years, like, is this, like, a like something that he would have been aware of, like, the words of Daniel, I the think prophecy he, of Daniel? I think he probably would have been, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. That's just, that caught my attention when you were talking about that, yeah. but then we, yeah. Anyway, so we get into chapter 8 when we're talking about this crazy weird vision, but it's the same idea, again, as what you were saying earlier. There's, like, this smaller, less significant animal, this little goat that's coming up that is super <laughs> strong, that overtakes this really powerful ram, but there's like nothing that anybody can do about it because he's he overcomes it. He's stronger than the ram, and actually, it said that the the goat had two horns, one of which was broken, mm-hmm. um, and the other, well, I guess, withstood it. I don't remember quite what the other one was, but basically, that the kind of like rising and falling, like you were talking about, is what I thought of. Yeah, people try to actually figure out who those horns represent and yeah. which rulers they are. It seems like uh, Alexander the Great could be one of them. It seems like this guy that's called uh, Epiphanes could be one of them. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, sometimes you can go too deep down the rabbit hole with these visions because ultimately all of these visions are uni- united by the fact that God's rule over these nations is like universally guaranteed. So there's like these big bad dudes that show up on the playground. And at the end of the story, God's always like, yeah, I'm in charge. Stop it. Mm. Um, I I really like Daniel 9. Daniel 9 shows you how Daniel actually prays. Uh, if you want to feel like you're getting some direction in how Daniel prayed, you can read Daniel 9 and just see exactly what that looks like. Like a big part of the Daniel in the lion's den story is that he was in the upper room praying three times a day. I think these are the things that he was praying for. And what's interesting is that Daniel's like pretty well known as a universal good guy. And most of his prayer is asking for forgiveness of his sins and asking for forgiveness for the sins of his people. Uh, also, it shows us that Daniel knows the book of Jeremiah 
And he's like literally counting up the days trying to figure out when they're going to be able to go home. And it's revealed here in Daniel 9 that they're going to be able to go home pretty soon. So it Daniel 9 is really interesting. Well, our Bible talks a little bit about how Jeremiah was prophesying that um, God would restore his people after 70 years in Babylon. Mm-hmm. So Daniel knows this, and he is asking in faith that God would lead them to this restoration. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cool. Cool tie-in. I like how it kind of all ropes together across the board. So then in the the latter part of Daniel 9, you get into this 70 weeks and kind of all these different time periods. I was going to say, there's a lot of different allotments <laughs> of strange amounts of time. It it Yeah, and it's like not necessarily like nailed down. Um, there's a lot of different views on this. There's different views that rise to the top, different views that different people support more than others. If you want to dig into that, you can dig into that. What's interesting is that there seems to be this period of the people doing what they're supposed to do, uh, followed by this period of people not doing what they're supposed to do, Mm -hmm. followed by this pretty strong antagonist figure, um, followed by some kind of restoration. So there are folks that believe this is like a, the, the end times, like a lot of people call Daniel the revelation, the book of revelation for the Old Testament. Mm. Um, so some people assign an Antichrist kind of figure to the to the story. Um, some people assign Titus, who was the Roman emperor that destroyed Jerusalem again. Um, they assign him to this kind of antagonist figure. There's a lot of different views on it. But again, I, I think for me anyway, and I would encourage you guys as listeners, don't get lost in the weeds on these dreams and visions just remember that ultimately the point of the dreams and visions is that this conqueror is coming on god's behalf and this conqueror who is coming on god's behalf this son of man will enjoy victory and will be sovereign over all nations king of kings and lord of lords that's definitely jesus mm-hmm. so we can look at these visions and we can be like ooh, that ooh, that that monster <laughs> is scary and that guy sounds bad uh, it's, it's easy to get interested in that stuff. It's easy to be scared of that stuff. But I actually think the point of these visions is to not be scared of that stuff, to know that God has assigned a point and a time where he will have ultimate victory. And our hope is in that ultimate victory. We don't need to be afraid of all these scary sounding rulers, even though we may see them at some point, depending on your view. Um, they are not more powerful than God is. And if there's any theme of Daniel, it is that God is more powerful than anyone who tries to come against him. He mm-hmm. always is enjoying the victory, and that is why we serve him. So I think that probably puts a bow on it as a nice your mm-hmm. part. Don't get nervous about all the weird stuff. Um, just enjoy the fact that we have hope in God, that, that we are serving the God of the universe that holds all things in his hand. And we don't need to be afraid because our hope and our trust is in him. So we'll be back again tomorrow. We'll probably be wrapping up Daniel tomorrow. So we'll see you then. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing. Uh, If you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Daniel chapter seven. In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel saw a dream and visions of his head as he lay in his bed. Then he wrote down the dream and told the sum of the matter. Daniel declared, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of heaven were stirring up the great sea. 
and four great beasts came up out of the sea, different from one another. The first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. Then as I looked, its wings were plucked off, and it was lifted up from the ground and made to stand on two feet like a man, and the mind of a man was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second one, like a bear. It was raised up on one side, it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth, and it was told, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I looked, and behold, like another, like a leopard, with four wings of a bird on its back. And the beast had four heads, and dominion was given to it. And this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking great things. As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and came out from before him. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were opened. I looked then because of the sound of the great words that the horn was speaking, and as I looked the beast was killed and its body destroyed and given over to be burned with fire. As the rest of the beasts, their dominion was taken away, but their lives were prolonged for a season and a time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man, and he came of the Ancient of Days, and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. As for me, Daniel, my spirit within me was anxious, and the visions of my head alarmed me. I approached one of those who stood there and asked him the truth concerning all of this. So he told me and made known to me the interpretation of the things. These four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saint of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, forever and ever. Then I desired to know the truth about the fourth beast, which was different from all the rest, exceedingly terrifying, with its teeth of iron and claws of bronze, and which devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. And about the ten horns that were on its head, and the other horn that came up and before which three of them fell, the horn that had eyes and a mouth that spoke great things, and it seemed greater than its companions. As I looked, the horn made war with the saints and prevailed over them, until the Ancient of Days came, and the judgment was given for the saints of the Most High, and the time came when the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, As for the fourth beast, there shall be a fourth kingdom on earth, which shall be different from all the other kingdoms, and it shall devour the whole earth, and trample it down, and break it to pieces. As for the ten horns, out of this kingdom ten kings shall arise, and another shall arise after them. He shall be different from the former ones, and shall put down three kings. He shall speak words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and shall think to change the times and the law, and they shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. But the court shall sit in judgment, and his dominion shall be taken away, to be consumed and destroyed to the end. 
And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdoms under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High. His kingdom shall be an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Chapter 8 In the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar, a vision appeared to me, Daniel, after that which appeared to me at the first. And I saw the vision, and when I saw, I was in Susa, the citadel, which is the province of Elam. And I saw in the vision, and I was at the Ulai Canal. I raised my eyes and saw, and behold, a ram standing on the bank of the canal. It had two horns, and both horns were high, but one was higher than the other, and the higher one came up last. I saw the ram charging westward and northward and southward. No beast could stand before him and there was no one who could rescue him from his power. He did as he pleased and became great. As I was considering, behold, a male goat came from the west across the face of the whole earth without touching the ground, and the goat had a conspicuous horn between his eyes. He came to the ram with the two horns, which I had seen standing on the bank of the canal, and he ran at him with his powerful wrath. I saw him come close to the ram, And he was enraged against him and struck the ram and broke his two horns. And the ram had no power to stand before him, but he cast him down to the ground and trampled on him. And there was no one who could rescue the ram from his power. Then the goat became exceedingly great. But when he was strong, the great horn was broken. And instead of it, there came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came a little horn which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. It grew great, even to the host of heaven, and some of the host and some of the stars it threw down to the ground and trampled on them. It became great, even as a great as the prince of the host. And the regular burnt offering was taken away from him, and the place of his sanctuary was overthrown. And a host will be given over to it together with the regular burnt offering because of transgression, and it will throw truth to the ground, and it will act and prosper. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to the one who spoke, For how long is this vision concerning the regular burnt offering, the transgression that makes desolate, and the giving over the sanctuary to the host to be trampled underfoot? And he said to me, For twenty-three hundred evenings and mornings. Then the sanctuary shall be restored to its rightful state. When I, Daniel, had seen this vision, I sought to understand it, and behold, stood before me, having the appearance of a man. And I heard a man's voice between the banks of Ulai, and I called, Gabriel, make this man understand this vision. So he came near where I stood, and when he came, I was frightened and fell on my face. But he said to me, Understand, O son of man, that the vision is for the time of the end. And when he had spoken to me, I fell into a deep sleep with my face to the ground, but he touched me and made me stand up. He said, Behold, I will make known to you what shall be the latter end of the indignation, for it refers to the appointed time of the end. As for the ram that you saw with the two horns, these are the kings of Media and Persia. And the goat is the king of Greece, and the horn between his eyes is the first king. As for the horn that was broken, 
in place of which four others arose, four kingdoms shall arise from his nation, but not with his power. And at the latter end of the kingdom, when the transgressors have reached their limit, a king of bold face, who understands riddles, shall arise. His power shall be great, but not by his own power. And he shall cause fearful destruction, and shall succeed in what he does, and destroy mighty men, and the people who are the saints. By his cunning he shall make deceit prosper under his hand, and in his own mind he shall become great. Without warning he shall destroy many, and he shall even rise up against the prince of princes, and he shall be broken, but by no human hand. The vision of the evenings and of the mornings that has been told is true, but seal up the vision, for it refers to many days from now. And I, Daniel, was overcome and lay sick for some days. Then I rose and went about the king's business, but I was appalled by the vision and did not understand it. Chapter 9 In the first year of Darius, the son of Asherus, by descent a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that, according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet, must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely, seventy years. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and to our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame. As at this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you, to us, O Lord, belongs open shame to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him, and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and the oath that were written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us, because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us, by bringing upon us a great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and have made a name for yourself, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now therefore, O God, listen to the prayer of your servant, and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, 
Incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not. For your own sake, O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at first, came to me in a swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. Seventy weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal both vision and profit, and to anoint a most holy place. Know, therefore, and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem to the coming in of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for sixty-two weeks it shall be built again, with squares and moat, but in a troubled time. And after the sixty-two weeks an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood. And at the end there shall be a war. Desolations are decreed. And he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half a week he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate, until the decreed end is poured out on the desolator. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.